0: That day and hour. is always all man No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be.
1: Hey, welcome back to In the Studio with the Soul Trap. And of course we have Jeff Grider. The founder of nowtheendbegins.com. We are excited to have him. We just had a wonderful time speaking about some of his past, his history, and uh, how he got to Now the End Begins. And if you have not seen that video, you've got to go check it out. You've got to go to their website. It will be worth it. But we are going to move beyond history and beyond testimony, and we are going to do a deep dive into prophecy. We got there just a little bit last time when we Mm -hmm. finished. So I'm going to pitch the ball right across. Cross the plate, waist high, fastball. (laughs) I love it. All right. As in the days of Noah, Mm -hmm. so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. Right. Would you say that we are in the days of Noah, and what do you think people are confused about, uh, most of all, when they hear that term or not understanding? And we were just kind of talking about Mm -hmm. this off camera, but go ahead and swing away.
0: Well, you asked a question that has about six different parts to it, yeah. but suffice to say in uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 where, um, and if you don't have a King James Bible, you don't have this verse because mm-hmm. all the other versions take out the word study. Uh, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman, like a plumber, carpenter, somebody uh-huh. who sweats, uh-huh. somebody who works hard, right? Not just an executive behind the desk, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. Now, in my ministry, I come across a lot of people that are called hyper-dispensationalists. Yes, They think that the church, the gospel, begins in Romans
1: uh-huh, and uh-huh. it ends
0: in Philemon. Uh-huh. And if you got saved on John 3.16, that you didn't really get saved and that's uh-huh. not the gospel. So... Um, the confusion that you talk about is not just among what we would call Laodiceans or lukewarm or, or Sunday Easter Christians. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's among you know it's among anybody who doesn't rightly divide the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because in my simplistic understanding. Bible truth is like God has his handful of gems uh-huh. and they go on a string in a specific order. And then he goes to a field and he throws these gems mm-hmm. and now you got to go find them mm-hmm. and you got to put them back on the string one at a time. Right. right. And it's hard work and most people don't want to do it. And that's why Paul says, D- study like a workman. Right. Right. Um, so when we Think about what you just asked in that context, the days of Noah. That's one half of the coin. The other half of the coin is the days of Lot. Mm -hmm. Okay? Exactly. And they are part and parcel of the same thing, which is the days of Lot. Where was Lot? He was in Sodom. He didn't want to leave, right? Which is
1: interesting because Jesus mentioned that in
0: in Luke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And so you have that difference
1: even in the parable of the servants in Luke, he uses the word pound, mm-hmm. not talent. Right. Uh, and, and so you have more of a Gentile flavor coming out of that. So I'm I, I interrupted, but
0: yes. Exactly. exactly. And that's why um, the ones with the talents, when they screwed up, they were cast out into outer darkness, because uh-huh. they're under the Kingdom Gospel. Right. And the ones with the pounds, that's church age, that's Gentile, right? So we see that rightly dividing is much, it's it's not a sledgehammer, uh-huh. it's, it's a surgeon's scalpel, and not just any surgeon, it's a plastic surgeon, where the smallest, tiniest cut, is mm-hmm. important. Right, right, right. And we see that this rightly dividing, it doesn't, it's not in blocks. It's like a plant that has roots, and you got to follow the roots. Right. So now, to answer your question specifically, um, Matthew 24, right? There's only two places in Matthew 24 that can be applied to the church age, mm-hmm. where it talks about the beginning of sorrows because uh. there's nothing in there that could not be not church age. Right. Um, and, and when it talks about when you see the fig tree in, in leaf, in bloom. Uh. Um, but with uh, the days of Noah, when I look at the whole context of Noah, not just chapter six and forward, right. to me, the days of Noah start at the end of Genesis five with Enoch, yes, who is a Gentile, He's the, nobody's Jewish here, mm-hmm. and, and he is, he walked with God and he was not because God took him. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the first rapture in the Bible, yeah, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And so when Jesus says that the time of Jacob's trouble is gonna be like the days of Noah, mm-hmm. well, the days of Noah are started with the one-person rapture of Enoch, yeah. and so now we have application that we have the church age, Yes, And we're waiting to go. And just as there was a lineage that they could, you know, a lot of the times we forget that the, like the prophets, a lot of the prophets knew each other, yeah. read My each other. Jeremiah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, right? Daniel chapter 9, and I understood by books of the prophet Jeremiah that right, he's right. right and all that stuff. <laughs> and well, I mean, Enoch is direct line to Noah. Yeah. Right? Just like you have a father and a grandfather and a great grandfather, and and for a very brief period of time, everybody's having coffee together at the same time. (laughs) Right, right. right? So, so the days of Noah are preceded by a rapture. Yeah. Right. And and this is where we're at right now.
1: Okay. So let me jump in there because. I do not believe that the book of Enoch is is inspired scripture. I don't either. And I think that there's a lot of, of problems in there. However, we do know that Enoch is mentioned again in his preaching in the book of Jude. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's interesting in the book of Enoch, purely as a <clears throat> historical book, is that it mentions the sons of God. It talks ex- at length actually about the sons of God coming down, very much mirroring the passage of Genesis chapter number six. So Genesis six is inspired scripture. The book of Enoch may be mythology and lore, but it's rooted in a historical truth that we know in Genesis. So Enoch, now this is what's fascinating. If Enoch is a type of the rapture, but we know that Enoch was living in the times of the sons of God going into the daughters of men, and you've got Paul warning us about angels in Galatians, warnings about angels in Colossians. In other words, I'm, I'm getting to the point that I think, and we were talking about this off camera, I think that there is this idea among Bible believers sometimes that says, hey, we're gonna be out of here, we're not gonna have a problem. And now that they see the world imploding, their faith is getting kind of shaken going, I thought we were gonna get raptured out mm-hmm. of this. No, 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 you're gonna get raptured out before Jacob's trouble you might not be raptured out of of the times of the sorrows. Can can you elaborate a little bit on that? Amen.
0: Uh, Because a lot of Christians, and again, we're talking about Bible Mm -hmm. believers, right? A lot of Christians don't understand the difference between tribulation as a condition, Mm -hmm. which is something that Paul promises to the church age, Right. If you want to say, Well, Paul's our apostle and his gospel is our gospel, and Paul says, Be ye followers of me as I follow Christ, well Paul says you're gonna have tribulation. He mentions it multiple times. Right. He but he is not talking about the tribulation, Matthew twenty four as a specific mm-hmm. seven-year event. That's that scalpel you were mm-hmm. talking about. That's, ex- that's yeah. exactly right. That's yeah, exactly and you right.
1: said something a minute ago too when we were talking. You said, you know, if, if people think, you know, people have said, what was it you said? People don't think that the bride of Christ
0: is going to go through. Yeah, that God s- won't allow his bride to be beaten. Yeah. Well, God has allowed his bride to be murdered, beheaded, um, crucified, Remember the Romans? Was it Nero who put the heads of Christians Uh up on spikes and the the human fat like a pumpkin? Well, (laughs) Well, I mean, it's been a two thousand year horror show, brother. Right, right. And this is Church Age that we're talking about. And the problem is, Doctor Ruckman used to say that the Bible is not a hard book to understand. Uh It's a hard book to believe. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, right, right. And that's why Habakkuk, not written to anybody in the Church. Mm -hmm. age, but behold ye among the heathen, and regard wonder marvelously. I'm going to do this work. You're going to see it. It's going to be in your face, Mm -hmm. and people are going to tell you about it, and you're not going to believe it. And so what you're talking about is we're seeing church age Bible-believing Christians who are watching these horrific events, Uh and they're confused by it instead of like, on our podcast on Monday, today's Wednesday. On our Monday podcast, I told people I've been waiting for this time period yeah, for, for yes. thirty years. Yes. I am. I am. I was born again to live in this time period. Yeah, you know. And um, that's like you had asked about the name. Now the end begins. Great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take no credit for it. And I I distinctly remember the day. And I'm trying to think. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna start this website, this news Bible website. Uh-huh. What do I call it, what do I call it? And all of it, just like that that voice again, right? And it said, now the end begins. And I uh-huh. laughed like Sarah saying yeah, yeah, that you know, yeah, she's yeah. gonna have a baby. And I'm like, now the end begins. I'm like, there's no way that that name's available because that's a great name, uh-huh. right? And so I went to not GoDaddy, I forget what the name of the registrar company was. But I, it's like, there's no way that this name is available. And it uh-huh. was, you yeah. know, .com, net, and org. And I grabbed it. And I, and then when I started thinking about that, and I'm like, well, what begins now? The end uh-huh. begins now. Yeah. And a lot of the things that we talked about in the early days, uh, 2011, 2012, 13, 14. And, you know, people used to laugh. They used to call me a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? But when everything started hitting the fan in, in 2020, those same people that used to mock. Yeah. I You know, if you gave me a dollar for every email that somebody wrote to me, and, and just a very short question, yeah, yeah. how did you know? huh. And I'm like, another thing Dr. Ruckman used to say, that your King James Bible is more up to date than tomorrow tomorrow's headlines, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and that book, that scripture of truth, yeah. That, that will not let you down ever. Ever. And when I look at what's like the prophecies for this day and time, like the time of Jacob's trouble and, and you know the days of Lot and the church age and waiting for the rapture, I've always felt that Christians are going to take a pounding before we go. And the illustration that I use, if you ever watch one of those great John Wayne war movies, you mm-hmm. know, Sergeant Striker, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. right? Um, that uh, when they go in for the jungle rescue, uh-huh. You got like the three soldiers who are surrounded on some Japanese uh-huh. island, right? The black and white World War II movie. And they send the copter in and they put the ladder down. And they grab the ladder, and as the helicopter goes up, the bullets are whizzing past, and the flames are so close (laughs) that the plastic tips on on their GI boots are melting Mm -hmm. as they're being pulled up and out. It's almost like they're not going to make it. Yeah, yeah. That's the rapture.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's where people get confused. It's interesting you were talking about the name. That's... That's so true, now the end begins, you know. And that's the same thing, you know, a lot of people have asked, and I mentioned this to you off camera too, a lot of people have asked what, you know, what is the soul trap? Where did mm-hmm. the term soul that's trap That's another covering? very yeah. compelling,
0: odd yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and
1: hey, listen, for the first time, I am going to let you know the secret. The soul trap actually. So <clears throat> I want to come back just a little bit to uh, as the days of Noah and Enoch and the rapture. So one of the things that we're hearing a lot about, and this is no doubt going to lead us down back to Dr. Fauci and that kind of thing. But <laughs> yeah, so if we're not completely off YouTube, we will be by the end of this. Amen. But here's the thing. We're watching, I remember a couple years ago in 2020 when it came out, we started doing episodes on this China virus and it was in January and as it began to develop, I'll never forget when it when it came out, and this said 15 Days to Slow the Curve, and we got a lot of heat from the Soul Trap because I did some real off-the-cuff, very extemporaneous shows where I said, listen, if, if you close your doors, if you believe that it's just going to be 15 days, you are not a student of history. No. You cannot trust your government. And one of the things that shocked me, Jeff, is that all, uh, not all, but a vast majority of the people that tune in for the conspiracy theories. They tune in and they're like, yeah, absolutely, our government brought the mm-hmm. Twin Towers down and <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely building seven, yeah. this and that. They were the first ones to say, hey, we just got to shut this down for 15 days. Mm-hmm. And now here we are some two years later and, and it, it has not gotten any better. It has gotten, any, it's gotten worse to a large degree. And even though they've given us some of our freedoms back, quote unquote, the very fact that they have given us our freedom back.
0: Shows you it's he not Shows freedom. that it's
1: not freedom. Right. And so what do you think, if you were to prognosticate, what do you think, barring outside the actual rapture, what do you think the next five years are going to look like for the New Testament church in the Western hemisphere, specifically in the United States of America?
0: Well, I told you in the previous segment that I'm the son of a World War II veteran. Mm-hmm. He didn't fight because, I mean, he was... Uh, Drafted, or I think he volunteered right out of high school, and then the war ended like a year and a half later. Okay, you know, but but he was you know he was suited up. He was the second lieutenant in the Army Air Force. Mm-hmm. So I view everything from a military perspective because that's how I was raised.
1: Well, and Paul does that, and, and yes, right, okay. right, okay. and
0: that's why he says in Second Timothy that that we may mm-hmm. please him who is. Uh, called you to be a soldier, right? Right, right. And what you don't understand, you think, oh, that's a metaphor until you get to Revelation 19, and you see, and the armies, which will, yeah. you know, Revelation 19:14, that army is made up of soldiers. Uh-huh. So, well, so with all that, right, I believe, now you said five years, and like my eyebrows yeah. <laughs> went If up. we
1: go five years, yeah. yeah.
0: I am on a... You know, everybody who has tried to call Mm -hmm. the rapture has failed 100%. Okay? No one has succeeded. Nobody got it. Nobody has even gotten close to it. Uh, Dr. Ruckman, uh, he preached and taught for 64 years. He lived in a daily anticipation of it. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and read some of his stuff or, or, or you hear his tapes, and he'll say in 1996, well, I really. Can't see much going farther than this. And then it's mm-hmm. 98, 99, 2000, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then he died in 2016 without ever being part of the rapture. But that mindset is the same mindset that the Apostle Paul had, uh-huh. right? And when you get to places, I think it's First Thessalonians um, 4, where it talks about, and those of us which are alive and remain, Mm -hmm. right? He's not saying that he's going to be one of them. He says, this is the body of Christ, Whoever is here when that happens, mm-hmm. right? I mean, some people say that, you know, Paul thought he was gonna be raptured. Paul, I don't think I don't ever see Paul thinking he was gonna be raptured.
1: No, in fact, I see the exact opposite. I think Paul saw his death coming. Right. You know, to, to part and be with Christ as far
0: better as he's writing in Philippians and things like that. Right. But that mindset, so you ask five years, I tell my people that you gotta be we are on day-to-day standby. Okay, Mm -hmm. and one of the really unique things, and I hate to say one of the really cool things, because it's been tragedy and people have been dying, and you know, six hundred and seventy-three days to flatten the curve, fifteen, right? But one of the, from a pure prophecy perspective, one of the really cool things is that when we started, now the end begins in two thousand and nine. Um, there were pockets of activity. And maybe you remember that too. Yeah. It's like something like Israel would get to the brink of war with Iran and everybody's waiting for it. And, you know, this is Ezekiel 39.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: then you blink your eyes and they're talking about the ball game. It's like, where did that go? Uh
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Well, from 2009 to the end of 2019, there were these pockets. But the pockets got closer together and they got bigger. Mm -hmm. What started in 2020, that has not stopped for one Mm -hmm. single day. So even within the 13-year ministry that I've been involved with, right, this is unique, that the pocket has not ended. There has not been a break yet.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it, it, it seems like it's it's snowballing, and you're exactly right. Because take, for instance, um, I, in fact, we just did a show. We're, we're prepping to do a show on revisiting Waco. We're going to be oh. in Texas and do some on-site filming wow. and things like that. So Waco, to me, was one of those things where I can remember it was just, you know, you're sitting there looking at that, and, and at first, your first response is, they're crazy horrible people in the government when they did what they were supposed to do then you scratch the surface a little bit and you go well listen they might have been off in their doctrine but something went wrong and then at the end you look at it and go man that that's horrible but you're exactly <laughs> right it's like you're watching it flip the channel ball game life goes on right we're living in a time now where it doesn't feel like that it's it's Everything. I was watching a football game. I hadn't watched a football game in a long time, but it was free. It was on Amazon Prime. We went not (laughs) have cable, so I'm watching. I think the Cowboys and the Packers or something like that, and Aaron Rodgers, who didn't get the vaccine, and now he's lower down than Adolf Hitler. You know, there. One of the guys (laughs) said, "You know, you know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't even been sacked the whole game." And the announcer said of a football game, "said Well." Given his condition, it might be the safest thing not to, ta- not to sack him. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You can't even watch a football game without this being there. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. It is a global push over and over and over, mm-hmm. and there's no relief building. You said something I want to circle back around to, and we're going to speculate here just a minute, okay. but Paul said in First Thessalonians 4, he said, then those that are alive and remain, I'm not saying that he's saying this, but is it possible that, that that's just an odd little phrase, mm-hmm. as if there's not that many people left. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the church, the early church, started with a remnant hiding in an upper room, hiding under horrific persecution. You see the progression of the very books themselves from Romans Romans ending with a single man he's writing to Philemon, I'm wondering if we're not going to see horrific persecution to the fact that, hey, there's just a few remaining and you guys are going to be the ones called up because the reason I'm brainstorming with you is we've always heard, imagine what the world's going to be like when millions and millions and millions and millions millions of people are raptured out. Wait a second. What if it's not millions and millions of people? What if it's tens of thousands? Mm -hmm. It's not going to affect the world that much because for the most part, there's not that many left. Mm -hmm. And and that would imply a tremendous persecution towards the end. I know I've kind of set the stage, but what do you
0: think of something like that? No, I think that you're exactly right. Um, uh, When you look anywhere in the Bible and you see how God works, right? The Bible says that everything be done decently and in order. Yeah. Right. The Bible at its core it's the revelation of the coming king and the coming kingdom but it's it's a it's a legal document this is god saying this is this is a piece of my mind mm-hmm. right you know people say i'm going to give you a piece of my mind yeah. well from Genesis to Revelation in your King James Bible, that's a piece of God's mind. Yeah. And it's a legally binding document and you can see what God has done mm-hmm. and you can see likely based because the Bible says that you know God changes not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed, Jesus the same yesterday, today, forever, mm-hmm. right? He works differently in different dispensations, but the principle, He doesn't change, right, right. right? So, when you see like the example that you just gave, and it was a great example, is that when you get back to where you started in in something, God's getting ready to wrap that thing up, right? Mm -hmm. So how did the church start? It started in house churches. It started under 10 different Roman persecutions. Yeah. Right. And we forget, like we read these things, like in Acts chapter five, and everybody finds it so inspirational, where they're brought before the council and they're warned, "Don't preach and teach in the name of Jesus," Mm -hmm. right? And then they let them go. Which is
1: happening in Canada right now. Mm -hmm. Canada's
0: terrible, absolutely terrible. It's 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 like you know the persecuted and the non-persecuted. Uh huh. And um, uh, in Acts chapter five, people view that as an inspirational passage without realizing what it's really saying, right? With Peter, James, and John, they're let go and they keep preaching, then they're brought back and Gamaliel gets involved and does all this stuff, and if this work be of God don't touch it, but it says and then when they had beaten them mm-hmm. can you imagine what a first century beating was like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. They walked out of there with broken ribs
1: Yes, right? Yes. This,
0: this wasn't like a little slap in their face
1: Mm-hmm
0: they had like a beat down. Right, right. And they went their way rejoicing mm-hmm. that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the cause of Christ. Now, I understand that the dispensation flips at the end of uh-huh. Acts chapter 7, but the yeah. principle remains the same, is that the church started in persecution. Well, I
1: just I just jotted down the thought Again, you have to be careful with First with, you know, and Second Peter and those kind of things. I mm-hmm. understand that, yeah. but Peter clearly says judgment must begin first at the house of God. That's right. And it's very, very interesting to think about you know, what's going to happen. And again, it comes back to one of the things, let, let's do it like this. One of the things I'm seeing a lot is a lot of Christians are saying, okay, we've got this vaccine. And I was just telling you a few minutes ago that people are going, hey, this is the mark of the beast. We're not getting raptured mm-hmm. out. And I think that's because of confusion on what the, the rapture is. And we've talked about that. I also think that's because of confusion on what the mark of the beast is mm-hmm. and, and what the end goal is. And mm-hmm. I've always said this within the last few years. I don't believe that this is the mark of the beast. But I do believe it is the platform. It's the system by which the mark of the beast is going to come in. You mentioned early on Dr. Fauci and what a lot of people have forgotten in the early 80s, his debacle with AIDS and that kind of thing. What, when you see Dr. Fauci on TV, when you see them demanding masks, demanding vaccines, demanding endless boosters, what, what's your take on that? What, what are you picking up from that?
0: Well, um, I'm somebody that, you know, we're talking about my testimony in my previous mm-hmm. journey. In my previous journey, Um, I worked for Big Pharma for 15 years. Mm. I was a creative director at Bristol Myers Squibb and I worked for some pharmaceutical companies. I sat in on meetings in boardrooms that um, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but I do creative stuff Uh and I would sit in on these meetings. I can remember sitting in one meeting in a Big Pharma company um, where the CEO is a $3 billion company. And everybody was all upset because this drug that they were trying to get past just killed all three dozen of the test subjects. They all had liver failure. Mm. And the CEO of that company, I won't say the name, um, but the CEO of that company in a room where I heard him on a phone call, you know, he was on a speakerphone. And he said, I don't care who died. We spent $400 million. We're going to make money off it find some disease to attach that to. Mm. So that is a little, you know, behind the closed doors, uh, just on a regular Monday afternoon basis, how does does big pharma think? Now, when you apply that to what we're talking about here, okay? um, When you look at what they've done so far, right? They said, now I wrote articles in the end of 2020, July, August, September, where I said, if they make you wear a mask, they're going to make you take the vaccine and Uh they're going to make you take the digital identification. Right. And we're at step three now. Check one, check two. We're just waiting for check three. Yeah. All right. So um, when you look at the vaccine and how they have lied about it, Mm -hmm. if this is really something that's supposed to be helping so many people, right? And yet everything that they told you about it, they have had to retract with no apology, no explanation, but they have retracted it themselves. They said last year that if you take the vaccine, you will not get COVID. That was a lie. That's a lie. They said, if you get COVID, if you're vaccinated, you won't be hospitalized. That was a a lie. lie. (laughs) And if you got it, if you were hospitalized and then uh, you would not die from it, that was a lie. And so it's like, The little Dutch boy with his finger in the dike trying to hold the water back Mm -hmm. and it's sprouting out every place else, right?
1: Yeah, and now they're coming out saying, oh, by the way, the masks don't work. You need the N95 mask. Right, right. And then they're saying, well, you know, you need the boosters. Mm -hmm. So you're exactly right. It has been one steady stream of lies with no accountability whatsoever. And
0: then an article that I did on Monday where the CEO of Moderna and Anthony Fauci now say, well, we're going to combine everything into a yearly shot. (laughs) <laughs> a mandatory yearly shot. So, when you have it's like Adolf Hitler and everybody mm-hmm. goes to the Hitler analogy, but where they go wrong is you can you can't compare the start of shenanigans uh-huh. to the end of shenanigans. Right. You got to have an equal comparison, uh-huh. all right? Now, when you think about the horrors of the Holocaust and God broke my heart for the Jewish people back in 8th grade, we watched this raw yeah. World War II footage about, uh, remember that when the American soldiers, they, they got to that German town and they, they rounded up the German people yeah, and made yeah. them walk through yeah. and made them, and I watched that in eighth grade with tears in the yeah, darkness yeah. coming out of my eye. And God broke my heart for the Jewish people back then. But when you think about the warehouse size rooms of gold teeth and human hair and lampshades made from human skin, yeah. Jewish and Gentile, but then you roll that, that tape back, brother. Do you know where that starts? Hmm. That starts with Nazi soldiers with a 10 cent bar of soap writing Oktun Juden mm-hmm. on the Jewish store windows and people laughing. People like, oh, those Jews. Yeah, yeah. A 10 cent bar of soap is where it started. Yeah. And it ends in Ravensburg. They, ha-
1: they had to demonize them. Because, and if you go back and look at some of the propaganda, they talked about the Jews spreading disease, mm-hmm, spreading disease. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that right now. My wife and I were just looking at an article in The Atlantic this morning, and, and, and it was talking about how that people are lying about dying, their loved ones dying without a vaccine. In other words, there is a moral component. If you're not vaccinated, you're the problem. Right. You're the one killing everybody. The 900,000 deaths, that's not on Dr. Fauci and Big Pharma. That's on you. Mm-hmm. And, and you're exactly right. You're going to have to start wearing a patch. It's happening in New York. It's happening around you. Do you have your, your vaccine? What do you mean? I have to tell you my. Now, <clears throat> they don't do that with any kind of STD. Nope. They don't do that with AIDS. They don't do that with any other. Only this one do they do that with. And it really makes you think and wonder. Like you said, that's the platform. We're going to start right. identifying. And everybody
0: is falling in lockstep. And that's where we're at right now. When I was doing the podcast on Monday, I had people texting me one woman named Chelsea from the West Coast. And she's listening to the podcast in real time and saying, hey, I tried to go to my favorite restaurant last night and they asked for my vaccination passport. I didn't have it. Now, this is Washington State in uh-huh. America. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's where we're at right now. And the only question is, is... Not how far will it go, mm-hmm. because we know how far it's going to go, it's how long will it take to get there. Yeah. That's the only question.
1: You know what's fascinating too is that it's interesting because everybody, and now we're going to, I know we're going to make some people mad, but it's, it's interesting <laughs> because this all began under Donald Trump.
0: Operation Warp Speed. That means big and it means fast. And
1: he still has not come out and said, hey, the vaccines are no good. He said, well, I don't believe in mandates or that kind of thing. It's an interesting thing. We always pick on the low hanging fruit. Bill you really Clinton, do like making people mad, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Clinton. Barack Obama. I'm good. I, I get all that. They're bad. They're good. But we went to an endless war and we had building number seven come miraculously down under Bush.
0: I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. I mean,
1: you got to look at some of these things. Donald Trump was the one that walked out and said, hey, we're going to close things down. He's the one that put Dr. Fauci. And I think that there's this idea that there's a savior out there that's going to restore America to her glory. And one of the things and I'm digressing now a little bit, but one of the things I'm seeing even among our crowd sometimes is this idea that. A conservatism without biblical foundations is a good thing, and, mm-hmm. and it's really not. And I think we're paying the price for that. But it's, it's. I mean, I, I see no end in sight. I think it's just going to continue to go more and more. And the question really is going to be interesting. If the Lord does, Terry, is coming just another year or two, what's going to happen at these next elections in 22 and then in, in 24?
0: Well, if I could just touch yeah, on what yeah. you, you said, because yeah. this, this is where people are... Again, they're starting to wake up. There was a preacher who was very famous or infamous or popular back in the 70s and 80s, Jack Hiles, Uh right? Uh And his big thing was, you know, we're going to save America. Uh Well, I mean, that may sound good and that may sell, um, but God is not interesting in He's not interested in saving America. Exactly. And you can't steal Second Chronicles 7.14, a promise given to Solomon about the Jewish people mm-hmm. and rubber stamp that on America. Right. God is not interested in making America great again. God, I believe, again, you know, speculating, personal opinion, I believe that God has put America mm-hmm. under his judging hand. Mm-hmm. And you talk about Donald Trump. Why didn't he pardon... Um, Julian Assange when he Mm -hmm. when he could have and Assange releasing those emails from Hillary Clinton was one of the main factors getting Trump elected. Exactly. He didn't pardon him. Why not? He could have gotten rid of Anthony Fauci. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that. Mm -hmm. He's the one. And I have a video clip of him saying that we're going to release Operation Warp Speed, we're going to release this vaccine, and it's going to be distributed by the military. To get the vaccine into the hands of American people, we're fully mobilizing the awesome power of American industry and also our military. This is the largest, fastest, and most advanced vaccine distribution effort in American history. These are all things that when you think in your mind, if I told you those things in isolation, you would say, oh, a Democrat.
1: Uh-huh, right, right, right. But it's
0: not. It's not. And, um... Well, that's interesting because Carol <laughs> Quigley, in his book, Tragic and Hope...
1: He said that there is a two-system party designed to make the common man think that there's change, mm-hmm. but there's not that much change between them at all. And, and I know so many particular, in fact, we're going to be in interviewing them incognito here in the next couple weeks that works currently uh, with Big Pharma way down the food chain. They're not it, it, privy to a lot at all, but way down the food chain. But she said to me in a private conversation, she said, I knew this was coming in 2019 Mm -hmm. because we were being prepped for distribution of vaccines that were already in the works. We knew this was coming Mm -hmm. way back. They were prepping us for this kind of thing like that. You don't Operation Warp Speed Science. You don't warp speed anything like that. It was already in the works and, and like I said, Donald Trump, w- whether by hook or by crook, whether he intended it or not, he was the point man that came out and said, we're going to distribute this with the military. And you're exactly right. He could have shut the rioters down. He didn't. To a large degree, he didn't. He could have intervened in different places. And the reason I think he didn't mess with Julian is because, I mean, you got the Podesta and, and the spirit cooking and the sex magic thing. We're all in there. It's interesting when you scratch below the surface, on the surface he's a red blooded, you know, apple pie, 4th of July flag waving guy. But when the rubber met the road, you know, the only thing he could do, I remember at one point the only thing he could do was say, hey, I think churches ought to be open. Mm-hmm. Well congratulations. What, you know, he didn't come out and go out of his way to do anything. I know that makes a lot of people mad, but I don't think there's a lot of, of daylight between him and some of the people that we would mm-hmm. obviously think are bad.
0: One of the, the things that I've noticed over the years with Now the End Begins is that because we try to stick to what the truth of the matter is, mm-hmm. and we have no sacred cows, we have no you know statues that we've erected, you're right as far as you agree with that book, the King James <laughs> right. Bible, and to the degree that you disagree with that book, you were wrong. Uh-huh. And, and that's the golden rule of trying to figure out what's right and what's yeah, wrong. Yeah. Right? So, when you look at Donald Trump, again, just speculating, and you know this is where we're, we're making our crowd mad now, but it's <laughs> right, right. But it's the truth.
1: We're equal opportunity offenders. That's Amen. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. Amen. Um, I believe that I wrote about Donald Trump, and I was one of the only Christian websites anywhere that I know of in the world, in 2016, early 2016, I wrote an article saying why a Bible-believing Christian is voting for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump was not popular in the beginning. Right, right. You know, he was, uh, you know, married three different times, and he runs. He doesn't drink, but he he creates environments that encourage fornication, drunkenness, and drug use mm-hmm. and gambling. Mm-hmm. All bad things. Right. right? right. Okay. Um, but I wrote and, and I was originally a Ted Cruz guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, I yeah. was. And then one day that voice again, right. Said to me, you got to support Donald Trump. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to support Donald Trump because I'm from Jersey. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. I've seen him since 1981. Yeah. Right. He's no mystery to me. Right. And I'm like, you know, God, why would I support <coughs> Donald Trump? He has no chance. Yeah. Because he's my man for this time. Uh-huh. So when I got that from the Lord, that that is what <coughs> God was telling me, I wrote an article and I predicted a landslide win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, in, in August, maybe July of that same year yeah. where the vote happened. And then he won. And, and um, I had, when I wrote that article, if you look at my web stats, I went from 14 million people coming to the site that year To the next year, it was cut in half to seven million. Hmm. And I got hate mail. Why are (laughs) you supporting? People forget. I said he was going to win in a landslide. Not because I love the guy. But because in my mind, I prayed and God told me. So I'm okay. I'll write that. Right. Right, right. And then when it turned out that he won exactly how I said he was going to win. Uh And then people started saying, wow, how did you know? How did you know? And I said, well, don't get too excited. He is there. Remember. King Saul was God's guy. Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar, who was a type of Antichrist, is called in Jeremiah, Uh "My servant." Right, Cyrus, a pagan king. Yeah. Well, so so we you know you had to take the whole witness of the Bible together. Mm -hmm. And funny thing, you flash forward to to uh, August of 2020. Donald Trump is on the verge of not being elected again, and he does something called the Abraham Accords.
1: Yeah. Fascinating. Hold that thought. <laughs> because we are really about to go into some areas that I think are going to be really interesting. Make sure to check out NowTheEndBegins.com, TheSoulTrap.com. We're excited to have Jeff Greider with us. We're going to come back and talk some more, and we're going to pick it up right there in our next show. Social also the coming of the son of man.
0: happy. therefore, one, yes. we know not
1: what our Go! Yeah.